Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. If I could think of one word that probably sums up the feeling of many Georgia fans as you head towards G-Day in any year, it's probably the word impatience, right? I mean, I would say that that the lack of patience is a defining quality and a defining characteristic of a lot of college football fans just in general. And there's a uh, a few different ways in which the 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 typical impatience of a Georgia football fan shows up ahead of G Day. First of all, there's like this just excruciating wait at the end of the last season to get to the next season. For those of us who are college football obsessives, that off season always just feels way too long. And by the time you get to the spring point in G Day, people are just starving for any college football. They're just dying to see something. And so G Day sort of arrives at the time in which people almost and, and I'm, you know, if you're not a huge college football fan, you may laugh at this, but for many of us, this is the way it comes. We're just so eager to see something related to college football that this is just kind of our nice quick fix. It's like that snack you eat when you're so hungry you can't really stand it. Just a nice bite-sized snack of college football on Saturday for G Day to hopefully tide us over until we get into the, you know summertime where the preseason chatter really builds up and the uh, actual season begins there in the fall but it's not just that kind of impatience there's also the impatience of hey I've been hearing all these whispers and I thought it was really funny uh, Nick Saban yesterday <laughs> you know how do you know so and so's had a good spring uh, I'm, I'm sure Kirby Smart sometimes wants to do the same thing with some of us of how is it that you think you know so and so's had a great spring every now and then you'll hear you know sports writer guy oh you know blah 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 has had a great spring thus far uh you know, you know, there's impatience to hear and to see with our own eyes the eyewitness account that backs up the expert testimony we've supposedly been getting, you know, based on what's been happening behind closed doors, spring practice, media not getting to see uh, that because of this coronavirus time. You're left to put your ear to the ground and just see what the rumor mill, you know, tells you. And listen, I got no problem, you know, listening to the rumor mill. That's, you know, kind of what we do around here. And we in, in enjoy doing that. But there's this impatience to see on Saturday. You know, is it going to actually be backed up? What I think I've been told, do I see that with my own eyes? And, you know, folks are obviously, you know, dying to do that. Then there's this. And, and this is probably more true for a program like Georgia than it is maybe other places. There's so much young talent. And the roster at Georgia, even without kind of achieving end-of-season goals the last couple of years, is still deeper than it's ever been before. So you've got talented players, some who've played a lot, but you've got really talented players who've kind of been slotted behind maybe other players. And there's always going to be impatience at Georgia for finding out how good this guy is that I haven't seen as much of as I'd like to. How good is that guy going to be? Is he going to be as good as I've heard he is? Is he going to be as good as Jeff Santel has told us he is when Jeff's running his recruiting stories and things? like that is this going to go down are, are you know are these guys you know going to be as good as uh, I think they're supposed to be based on all the buzz and the chatter that's kind of existed around them and that's just kind of the defining characteristic of fans fans are just impatient I, I think the uh, spring game brings a lot of that impatience kind of to the uh, forefront you notice that maybe more so than you than you otherwise would it is fair to point out though sometimes the actual players themselves are a lot less impatient than that. The actual players themselves sometimes are a lot more willing to just kind of let things play out, things unfold. And as far as like this really accelerated timeline that we always want to be on, sometimes players themselves don't quite have the same kind of thing going on. I'll give you an example of this. I thought it was a very revealing press conference the other day with George running back Kendall Milton. Milton has always been a good talker. You know, one of the reasons why I was so impressed with him in addition to his game film, going back to his time in California as a high school guy, like as a junior in high school, before his senior year, before all of that, certainly before he became a UGA commit. Some of the interviews I had heard Milton do, including with our Jeff Sintel, he was just, you know, such a, you know, well-spoken, you know, kind of sharp, thoughtful guy. And he had his first press conference as a Georgia running back on Saturday. And to go back to the theme of impatience here for a moment, Georgia fans are are, are dying to see so much on display on Saturday. And, and Milton's one of the guys that Georgia fans are ready to see more of. And they were kind of wondering in some cases, like, why haven't we seen more already? Because that's just kind of the way that it goes. But it is fair to point out that Kendall is a lot more patient, it would seem, than the average Georgia fan as far as when he's going to explode and have his big breakout moment. Kendall, very introspective about all of this. It's nice. It's kind of a nice reminder of maybe the way that a lot of players approach uh, another big stage to be on Saturday with G-Day and certainly then the season to come after that. This is Kendall Milton.
for me, one thing that I've uh, kept in mind, you know, everybody has their time. God has their time for everything to happen. So, you know, when it's my time to cross that end zone, then it's my time. But until then, just keep working every day and just trying to be the best person back I can be. So Kendall Milton says, everybody's got their time. I'm going to kind of wait my time. God's got a plan for me. I'm going to let that come to fruition in sort of its perfect timeline. And I think it's really nice to be able to hear, you know, Kendall say that. And I think as far as that represents what other Georgia players might feel, I think that's all really good there as well. I think that's really nice stuff from uh, Kendall Milton. And I think it does hopefully set the stage for Georgia fans in terms of what Saturday is going to really be like. Because you can really kind of divide the Georgia roster and probably like in two halves right now, or maybe not exactly half on both sides, but two groups. And each Georgia player would go into one of these two groups. You have Georgia players who are ready for their moment right now now and you have Georgia players who are setting themselves up for a moment in the near future maybe it's the 2022 season whatever else but there's kind of equal interest about hey who's ready to do it right now and who's ready to to do it you know in you know future seasons but ready to give us a glimpse of that on Saturday at G-Day. And listen, you know, yesterday we did cover four live, and uh, I was kind of joking with some of our Dog Nation colleagues there, you know, Mike Griffith, Connor Riley, Jeff Centel. They were all a little bit skeptical of how much we truly would see on Saturday. And listen, I've told you all this before. In terms of what the spring game means for the overall outlook for Georgia for the any upcoming year, we'll talk about 2021 right now, you know, I, I never view this as – an extraordinarily important important data point. I just sort of see it as entertainment. I just sort of see it as 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 I said off the very top of the program here today. For those college football fans who are just starved for a chance to see something that looks like college football, this is something that looks like college football. So for those Georgia fans to kind of go back to what Milton was saying before, or what we were saying leading into the Milton quote there before, impatient to see the guys are going to be the big contributors right now. You may see some of that on Saturday, but let's face it, you know, Jermaine Burton's still coming back from injury right now. Uh, Kenny McIntosh, one of the guys who's going to be a part of that running back situation, he's a little banged up at the moment. Uh, Big-time defensive players, you know, uh, N'Kobe Dean is uh, not playing this game on Saturday. Guys like Adam Anderson, Nolan Smith won't be able to tackle quarterbacks to the ground, so what you hope they're doing, because of the rules of the scrimmage, of course, so what you hope they're doing against DJ Uyungle and Clemson Week 1, they're not going to be doing that to JT Daniels and the other Georgia quarterbacks here on this Saturday so some of what you want to see this upcoming season for Georgia maybe not quite you know you're going to see as much of that but that doesn't mean the game itself won't be a ton of fun to watch because I said before the other category of players here the category of guys who are about to have their moment are going to be a part of Georgia's future I mean think about the quarterback situation beyond JT Daniels how fascinating is that for Saturday think about some of these 2020 2021 signees you haven't seen maybe as much of them as you want but but these are guys who are auditioning for a bigger moment think about the buzz that we've heard for some of these wide receivers that that maybe you didn't quite expect to hear you know a guy like Adani Mitchell who you know Terrence Edwards has bragged on I mean how curious are you to see what he brings to the table on Saturday uh, how much do you want to see what gets validated by uh, someone like Justin Robinson who's been praised for having a good spring thus far what he's able to go out there and provide so listen the, the, the bottom line for me on, on all of this is there is an impatience from Georgia fans to see everything they want to see on Saturday some of you may see some of you may not but I still sort of get the impression that it's all going to be uh, a ton of fun now let me shift gears and do something completely different here for a moment because I think there's a lot of confusion out there right now and I want to try to do my part to uh, address some of this and I'm being serious about this so the game is not on what I would call like regular cable television on Saturday maybe if you're aware of that it's the SEC Network Plus but here's the thing that you should understand is that a good many of you even if you haven't tried to do this yourself a good many of you are going to be able to actually watch this on your television screen I'm gonna take like two seconds to kind of address all of this because I do think this is kind of important I actually played around with this this morning now I have one of those remotes and I'll show you this on the screen here I have one of these remotes where you can like do the voice remote thing uh, I'm not going to give free plug on this but I do have one of those like voice remote uh, deals here and so by just simply saying SEC Network Plus into my voice remote um, I go and I have all the options available of all the the streaming SEC programming, which, by the way, includes Georgia and Kentucky and baseball here this weekend, uh, softball there as well. And then you keep scrolling, you keep scrolling, and eventually you find Georgia's G-Day. You simply click on that, and then you're able to 
pull it up and obviously if it was 2 p.m. on Saturday you'd be able to go out there and you'd be able to watch that now if you don't have that kind of voice remote situation a, a lot of you can just simply access the internet through your tv and you can you know you can go to the link at georgiadogs.com or the link at espn.com or wherever else and kind of access the programming in much the same way um and, and by the way that's not even without hooking up like a roku or an apple tv or something like that you may have heard it said that this is somehow some sort of extra cost, a pay-per-view type thing. ESPN does have a pay-per-view service, but this is not it. So if you've already got the ESPN subscription or the SEC Network uh, subscription, uh, you can watch this game, and many of you will be able to watch it there on your TV there as well. I'm not super techie. Uh, you know, I was able to find it fairly easy, able to get it up on my TV screen fairly easy, and I would invite you to kind of play around with much of the same stuff. So I will certainly admit that it's not as convenient as just simply you know clicking over the SEC network and watching it that way. There are a few more you know clicks you have to do to get there. But you know if you're already a cable subscriber, you should have access to this, and you should be able to watch it there on your TV screen. And it may be frustrating to have like this game on SEC Network Plus, but just generally speaking, the SEC Network Plus is actually a pretty valuable resource for SEC fans. I mean, it's way easier to follow you know Diamond Dogs baseball than it would have been years ago, or Lady Dogs basketball, things like that. You know, you have access to a lot of these SEC sporting events. So I'm probably like you, kind of wish that game was on regular television on Saturday it will be uh, again throughout the week and it's not a commercial for the SEC network I mean honestly I'm not really quite sure why they didn't just put the thing on the regular TV but um, but for those of you who've been kind of worried that you can't get it if you're already a cable subscriber you should be able to and if you're at least as tech savvy as I am which I guarantee you 95% of our audience is uh, if not more so than that then you have a very good chance of also kind of putting up there on your TV screen there as well so a little public service announcement to get things started here today my name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Kroger, and glad to have you with us, no matter how you get to us today, live on video, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, radio at noon, and Athens Sports Radio 960, The Ref, and as a podcast, wherever you find them, including the world-famous dognation.com, just really glad to have you with us, and big thanks to our friends at Kroger for making it all possible. You know, for me, I don't know if y'all feel the same way, but I always kind of view G-Day <laughs> As like the last day of spring, and I kind of view like whatever the day after G-Day is, that's kind of the start to my summer. I don't know if y'all feel the same way about that, but I always kind of think of, in this case, it'll be Sunday, April 18th. To me, summer kind of begins on summer, Sunday, April the 18th. No matter what the weather is that day, that's my summer in uh, many respects. And of course, if you start thinking about summertime, great chance to enjoy all the things going on at Kroger here this summer. You can save on patio furniture, grills, outdoor fun. It's going to be a much better summer this year, obviously, than it was a year ago. A, a lot of reasons to feel that way. Fun in the sun here this upcoming season. Kroger is the place to go to to find out more about this. In fact, let me give you a website. It's Kroger.com slash summer. That's Kroger.com slash summer. That'll get you ready for a uh, great, great weekend and a great, great uh, time here as we head towards a beautiful, beautiful time of year. Kroger.com slash summer for more on all of that. All right, we have a very special guest in today's program. I'm not just talking about Georgia's uh, recruiting insider here for Dog Nation, Jeff Sintel. In addition to uh, Jeff, who we'll speak to in just a couple of minutes' time, we're going to speak to Georgia Governor Brian Kemp on today's show. Now, please have no fears about this. We're not a, politi- a political show. This is not a political interview. But I did want to have Governor Kemp on for a specific reason. There's been a lot of questions lately to us on our program, our audience, about, hey, you know, what's it going to be like? You know, G-Day is still very much for Georgia like what last season was in terms of very few people in there. I know so many people trying to get G-Day tickets, frankly. You know, um, I wouldn't mind getting my hands on a few. I mean, there's just um, all kinds of... um, you know, uh, frustration about the fact that so many people who would like to be at GD are not going to be able to be there. And there's, you know, questions with the tailgate stuff that was kind of weird for a lot of folks last year. And the one thing I keep getting, you know, asked over and over again is, BA, is it going to be normal this upcoming year? Is it going to be full stands? Is it going to be tailgating? Is it going to be all that as we head towards the upcoming year? So we thought, why not go straight to the top? try to get an answer to that question georgia governor brian kemp going to stop by later on he's going to tell us his thoughts about what he thinks the fall is going to look like as far as college football is concerned here in this state of georgia that's coming up we'll also talk to governor kemp about his uh, uga fandom he's got a you know long long backstory with the dogs he'll tell us about some of that uh, really funny stuff uh, from him you know going back to his time uh, growing up around coach dooley and obviously uh, his fandom for the dogs we'll do a lot of that with georgia governor brian kemp coming up in just a couple of minutes time before that though let's go around the doghouse 
here today. And the other big thing as you head towards G-Day on Saturday is related to what this event is going to be from a recruiting standpoint, both in terms of who will be here, who won't be here. Uh, we're going to do a lot of this with Jeff Sintel here in a couple of minutes, but let me give you a little bit of a preview for that. I guess one piece of good news is, and as I said before, the limited number of tickets for this event make it even difficult for recruits there as well, because obviously there's only so many tickets you even get your hands on for something like this right now. But we start to have a little bit of a list of kind of who's going to be there. One big name we know, George Commit Jalen Walker, put this out on Twitter that he's uh, expecting to be there on uh, Saturday, giving you the pushpin on that. So Walker, who's um, just a you know unbelievably magnetic personality, you love the fact that he's there. But any other recruits who might you know be in Athens for all of that, you know maybe getting a chance to bump into Walker, certainly that helps George's cause because of the fact that Jalen is just such a big, enjoyable personality to be around. So that's really good news. UG recruiting target Kristen Miller, the uh, defensive lineman, has also said he's going to be on uh, be there, giving you the uh, hashtag G Day. Uh, looking forward to that is uh, Christian Miller. However, one of the names that's not going to be there uh, on Saturday, or at least maybe interesting for where he will be instead, another big defensive line target, the defensive tackle, Mikael Williams, has put it out on social media that he is planning on being an A-Day in Alabama. Alabama going to give out its uh, national championship rings, have a national championship celebration. And Williams is one of these guys, and this is interesting. I'm going to do more of this with Jeff here coming up moment. But Williams is one of those guys – we heard about connected to Georgia for a long time, and I'm not saying that he's not as connected as he once was. I honestly don't know. We'll ask Jeff about that. But, boy, isn't it interesting that lately you've heard less about Mikel and Georgia, a little more about guys like, say, Travis Shaw, Walter Nolan, these like huge, huge names. And I'm always kind of interested. You know, you've only got so many ways in which you can kind of prioritize, you know the chatter about Shaw and Nolan and Georgia, is that doing something here related to Mikhail Williams? I won't pretend to know that. We'll let Jeff Sintel tell us more about that all coming up in uh, a moment. But it's obviously ahead of the opening of the dead period on June 1st. This is obviously one of those weekends kind of find out, hey, who goes where, you know, who's who's not anywhere, who's at Georgia. Uh, in this case, Mikhail Williams being at Alabama, a lot to follow with Jeff Sintel when it comes to all of that. Before we do any of that, though, I am looking forward to being in Athens on Saturday. Saturday. And every time I drive around Athens, I always love to look at the homes in and around the uh, Athens community. It's just a reminder of what a great real estate market uh, Athens is. And for many of you, you already know this. In fact, you're trying to move there. You either want to raise your family there, you want to retire there. Many of you kind of view this as a great investment opportunity. Now, obviously, it is just given all the students that are kind of in and around there. The uh, the uh, also, you know, the game day condo stuff, uh, of course, is, is really big there now. And when you're getting involved in the um, the Airbnb stuff is big there now as well. But when you're getting involved in the Athens real estate scene, it's really important to have a local expert there to help you navigate all of that. That's what my friends, friends at Five Market Realty are going to be able to do for you, as I said before, whether it be an investment property, a game day condo a retirement home, you know, whatever it might be for you. Uh, Athens is a great place to do it, but you need someone who knows that area and that's what five market realty is able to provide for you also it's fun to do business with five market realty uh they were on the 2021 bulldog 100 list so when you do business with them you're working with fellow dog fans and that's always something we encourage people to do here the businesses that are our friends of ours here at Dog Nation or those businesses that are just good dog people doing stuff or good dog fans, uh, that's what Five Market Realty is kind of uh, known for. So please check them out online, 5mrealty.com. That's the website. It's 5mrealty.com. That is the uh, website on all of that. All right, uh, great to have you with us on the program here today. Before we're done, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, he'll make a special appearance on our program. We'll also preview the other games happening around the SEC here this week in addition to G-Day. But for now, on everything related to Georgia, both in terms of who might be in Athens and everything else going on across the landscape, let's do Jeff Sintel here right now. Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. Say hello to Jeff Sintel. Really good stuff from him at DogNation.com. Getting you ready for G-Day on Saturday. And, uh, Jeff, I was just talking to our audience a moment ago about both who is and apparently isn't going to be in Athens this weekend. There's a temptation for me to start with the guy who's announced he's planning on being elsewhere. But for the sake of, uh, I guess, positivity here, let me talk. let me start with some of the guys who will be on hand, who've uh, said on social media that's what they're planning on doing. I mentioned this, that uh, Jalen Walker being there, he's put it on Twitter, that's what he's planning on doing. 
in addition to just kind of a nice thing for him to get a chance to, you know, see the atmosphere between the hedges, even in kind of a limited environment, which G-Day is going to be. Big-time personality, a guy that people seem to enjoy being around. For other recruits who might be there, getting a chance to rub elbows with Jalen Walker, I would certainly say that helps George's chances with anybody that Walker kind of comes in contact with. So for him and Christian Miller, some of the other guys who said they're going to be there, boy, I take that as pretty good news. Yeah, uh, good mo- good morning, and happy Friday to everybody. And, hey, man, congratulations on having the governor on your show today, man. That, that's something, man. I, it's crazy. Um, now, everybody wants to hear from the governor, but I'm sure everybody wanted to hear from uh, Mikel Williams about why he's going to Alabama and not Georgia this weekend. Well, well, really, Brandon, this is one of those rare instances, and you can dance the jig as I say this. This is one of those rare instances where Georgia can point to scoreboard on Alabama when it comes to visits. Georgia has maybe an early lead on Alabama where they have two or three visits to UGA for games already in the bank in 2019. And he's never been to Tuscaloosa. He's never been to T-Town. He's going to be there. Obviously, it's going to be these isolated, independent, you know, can't rub shoulders with coaches, can't be face-to-face with coaches type visit. But he's going to Bryant-Denny. He's never even visited Alabama ever, ever. Uh, so he needs a chance to kind of see what Alabama is all about. Uh, that's where he'll be. He'll be for eight a on Saturday, and but we kind of thought this was going to happen with you know Georgia and Alabama. These recruits have got to choose somewhere, and then they've also got to get tickets, which is another hard thing. Is keeping a lot of you know prospects that probably might want to be there um, from showing up in Athens. Uh, you did mention Jalen Walker, and but I'm going to move his name right into the. I guess I would call it a circle of uh, respect of the best linebackers Georgia's recruited in the Kirby Smart era. I think he belongs in that Noah Sewell, Nicobe Dean, that type of that type of range. Throw Nolan Smith in there, of course, as well. Really elite playmaker. You got to love the fact that yeah, he'd be a he wants to be an orthodontist uh, outside of football, and he's wanted that dream for ten years of his life already. He's the son of a college head coach, and the big thing about the Jalen Walker trip, aside from him having Travis Shaw with him, is it's not just a get in and get out visit. Jalen's going to spend the night with his family. He's going to, going to start to put some of those roots down in Athens. And that, my friend, is a very good thing for Georgia's class in 2022. So you uh, just said something very interesting right there. Uh, when Jalen Walker comes, you say he's bringing his good friend and fellow North Carolinian, I don't believe that's how you say that, uh, Travis Shaw with him, because that's certainly interesting news, the uh, five-star defensive lineman traveling with Walker to Athens. Is that what you're saying? Uh, it's funny, Brandon. Sometimes you might have selective hearing, or that might have been my dog Peaches barking in the background whenever five stars come up when I'm on the phone. He will not be in Athens with uh. Travis Shaw. I, I said, I said the best news outside of having Travis Shaw in the building with him would be that uh, he's actually going to spend the night and hang out and you know get to know Athens okay. town a little bit better. Um, yeah, because I started to say, if that was true, then you were certainly burying the lead. I apologize for uh, misunderstanding that, but uh, uh, thank you for correcting the record on that. Yeah, sure. I mean, I know that's probably selective hearing, uh, which you hope you heard. Uh, might have been muffled a little bit by my dog, our family dog, Peaches, barking in the background. But there will be, uh, it's interesting to see a lot of the commitments uh, in the class uh, are going to be in, in town. They're going to be watching. Some of them are still trying to find tickets. I'd imagine if they show up in Athens Town, they will find tickets. But, uh, you know, I think that's the main thing about the guys that will be there. Uh, there will be five-star recruits in the building for, for Georgia uh, to, watch, to watch them play on Stanford, State, on Stanford Stadium uh, on G-Day. So it's funny that you uh, we actually started talking about Shaw because I was actually thinking about him a little bit too in relationship to this. And you know, listen, I won't pretend to know exactly what's going on here, but there is a narrative that you can construct in your mind of, boy, for a long time we were hearing a ton about Georgia and Mikhail Williams. And it seems like, I don't know, as of late we've heard a little bit less than that. Uh, obviously being in Alabama on Saturday for Mikhail will raise some eyebrows about a big-time defensive lineman, yet – you know, concurrent to that, we've heard more about George and Walter Nolan as of late, even if I'm somewhat skeptical of that. And, you know, certainly more about Georgia and Travis Shaw on the heels of Jalen Walker's, you know, commitment not too long ago. Jeff, do you connect the dots on this? I mean, the fact that Georgia is seemingly in business more with Nolan and Shaw than maybe at one point in time I probably thought they would be. 
is that impacting Georgia's recruitment of Mikael Williams, either in the way in which guys are being prioritized or maybe in the way that which Williams feels prioritized by Georgia? Do you connect dots there at all? Uh, no, I don't think those dots are going to link up, at least in my mind's eye, Brandon. I, I think Shaw and Nolan uh, have always been priorities along with Williams. Uh, I can recall, you know, Williams hasn't even scheduled an official visit to Georgia or Alabama yet. I think he's only got two officials scheduled right now. Uh, Williams really didn't even have Alabama in his top group when we were talking about his decision prior to him um, when he was still thinking about making his decision uh, in March. I believe it was on March the 15th, right after Emmanuel Henderson's decision. So I think with him, I, I think Mikel is always going to be a priority for this class. I know he definitely feels like he's a Georgia priority in this class. I think Georgia is just really trying to – it's not preference or it's not angles, Brandon, I don't think. I think Georgia's really going to try and basically put everything they can into, into signing an off, a defensive line class, excuse me, that looks like Tyree West, that looks yeah. like Bear Alexander, that looks like – and then a name like Walter Nolan and Travis Shaw. And then they've got backups upon backups. There's names on the defensive line like Nanai White uh, out of uh, – also out of uh, Tyke Smith's home school and Imhotep Charter in Pennsylvania. There's K.J. Miles, another name out of New Jersey. Uh, we keep going outside down the line. There are other bigger names like Shamar Stewart, uh, another five-star defensive end out of uh, Opelika, Florida. Mikel Williams is in that group. But uh, I would imagine, Brandon, uh, the feeling, the love quotient between Georgia and Mikel Williams, I'd, I'd say that that's still fairly robust. Defensive line, Jeff, is kind of a funny position because there are some recruiting cycles over the years where, I mean, you could have fit every elite defensive lineman in the country on the head of a pin, right? I mean, just some years, there just aren't a ton of them because of the fact it's such a it, it's such a specific kind of position. Big guys who are, you know, athletic, more athletic oftentimes their offensive line counterparts. And yet in this 2022 cycle, you just rattle off so many names. You and I could do nothing but talk about defensive linemen every week and probably have plenty to talk about. It, it is really interesting how this year just seems to have more than its fair share of guys who are capable of playing at the level that Georgia needs these guys to play at. It ain't always that way in every recruiting cycle. No, it's not, Brandon. I think there, there are years where positions are down. And I think offensive line, for example, this year, I think this is a very pedestrian group of offensive linemen compared to, compared to years past. I mean, there's no you know, gigantic Colossus-type Titan name like an Amarius Mims or even J.C. Latham and other players like that that just look like, okay, this guy would be a five-star in any year, in any, in any class, in any cycle. I think offensive line is down. I think defensive line is way up. Uh, the recent ESPN re-rankings uh, that, where they evaluated the 2022 class, and granted they're not, the, they're not basically in the trenches and recruiting the, and watching these and evaluating these guys as much as the other services, like the job done by rivals in 24-7. But, Brendan, it was very telling. Uh, there was a top ten defensive tackles uh, on the ESPN rankings post that I think Big Bear Alexander tweeted out. And you, you had names like, and this is real, real talk here, Brennan. There was Walter Nolan on that list. There was Travis Shaw. There was Tyree West. There was Big Bear Alexander. And there was Walter Nolan. And, on, and Georgia was in that group or in that top group with almost all the names in the top five, except, save for perhaps maybe one inside the top six. And I, I think we said this on a show about maybe as, as, as long back as maybe a couple months ago where I said, Brandon's going to look at me one time on one of these shows or – and he's going to go, Dad Gummit Jeff, that's enough with these five-star defensive linemen. Can we get some more receivers on the board? And, and Brandon, when did we ever think you were going to be saying, all right, I'm going to push off the plate, I'm going to push away from the table with all these defensive yeah. linemen, and I'm going to go get me some wide receivers for dessert. But that is the class. What you know, Create your own uh, appreciation moment here for Travion Scott and Trey Scott and the job he's doing at Georgia. Um, fantastic group group of recruiting he's doing, especially bringing all those guys in. Now, I will say that's, this, Brandon. I don't think Georgia's going to get Nolan, Shaw, Alexander, West, Williams. 
I don't think they're going to get all those guys, sure. but they're going to get a lot of those guys. All right, there are some pretty key recruits on Saturday who won't be able to be at G-Day. I want you to tell us about that here coming up in just a moment, something you've written at the Dog Nation Forum. Before we get to that, though, let me remind our audience, you've heard Kirby Smart kind of giving this call as of late, and tomorrow is the day that it all goes down. G-Day begins the week of giving for the UGA Alumni Association. So this is one of those moments which we're kind of calling all dogs. As I said before, Coach Smart has been out there on social media saying this we've had the video on our site there as well to make that gift to the UG Alumni Association to help support the great work the University of Georgia is doing for the next generation of UGA students and really all the things it's doing to make the world uh, a better place there as well so many of us are so proud as Georgians to have a university like UGA who's making such a significant impact and the week of giving which starts tomorrow April 17th and continues through April 23rd this is your time to uh, show that to kind of put that on display couple great incentives for you there as well. Uh, for all UGA alumni who donate during the week of giving, you're going to get a 20% discount from the, to the UGA bookstore. That's valid from April 15th to the 30th. So that's a great way to get a great incentive for your gift. And everybody who makes a, a donation is also going to get an exclusive set of UGA embroidered patches there as well. Cool collectible item to go along with all that. So there on your screen, you see the website. It's Calling All Dogs. That's spelled D-A-W-G-S. Callingalldogs.uga.edu. One more time, the website callingalldogs.uga.edu. The week of giving for the UG Alumni Association begins tomorrow. So, Jeff, there's a big seven-on-seven event you've reported. Uh, Forum.dognation.com is where I read this. Uh, you've reported. That means some of the guys that we would like to have you know, seen in Athens, guys like Kojo Antwiesa, for instance, uh, big-time wide receiver prospect for the class of 2022, we won't be able to see them in Athens tomorrow. Give us a little bit of a thumbnail sketch on that. Yeah, so uh, that's Hustle Eat, which is basically one of the most well-respected, uh, best outfits out there in the southeast and in the country. Uh, they're backed by Adidas, uh, that group led by Tony Ballard. They're having a huge one-day tournament, seven-on-seven tournament at Greater Atlanta Christian, and that kind of soaks up a couple of key Georgia commitments and also a bunch of major Georgia targets. Now, the, the tournament will start in the morning, but I'm sure nobody out there is rooting for an early, uh, an early uh, elimination for hustling. So maybe some guys could hustle over to Athens, Georgia for G-Day. But names like Marquise Groves Killebrew, that's the senior statesman commitment of the class. Gunnar Stockton, uh, those two guys right there are active members of the hustling program. And then that also includes some really interesting 22, 2022 prospects like Oscar Dell, Georgia's longtime number one tight end target. Kojo Antwi, if you guys got down in the Dog Nation forum recently, you saw how uh, Kojo's basically treating his recruitment like trying on Tom Ford suits uh, because, man, he, he he's obviously plays and competes in seven-on-seven locally with Gunnar Stockton at all these national and regional tournaments. So that gives him a good eyeball read and a good, let me see how this arm velocity and this ball spin feels for Gunnar Stockton. But he's also recently done the same with five-star Texas A&M quarterback commitment, Connor Wagman. He went out to Houston area recently. He's got family in that area near College Station, and he got a chance to work out with Connor Wagman. And you got a, a kid like Kojo that's really doing his homework and not only you know, setting up his official visits, he's the number three target in the class for me because of his ability. Uh, he has rare ability, and he also is such a local kid connected to Delph, connected to Stockton, uh, top 100 receiver. Uh, you know, he, he's checking out the quarterbacks and kicking the tires on those testerosis, mind you, before he even goes and makes these important vital visits in June. Uh, lots of things happening this week, Brandon. I don't know if it's a lot to keep up with. You know, the, the one-time transfer rule I know you've covered on your program. Yeah. Georgia, Georgia, I don't know if this was something to trumpet from the heavens and celebrate, but some recalibration of math actually gave Georgia the number one recruiting class for this week. Uh, on the 24-7 sports composite rankings. They somehow closed the gap upon further review, and they're now the number one class. And then you also hear about the schools opening up in, on June the 1st. Uh, some schools are planning camps. I don't know how widespread some of those mega camps will be, but it, it now appears that both June and July will be open for on-campus recruiting. So I would imagine a lot of these uh, staff, including the fine one at the University of Georgia, is going to figure out a way to cram a whole year and a half's worth of evaluation of uh, prospect cycles in a, together in about two months. 
a lot of stuff going on here along with the long min- the, the aforementioned G-Day. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that um, unless G-Day brings some huge fireworks from a recruiting standpoint, I sort of envision our conversation next Friday when you're on this show kind of trying to just catalog all those visits that are slated to take place in June because, you know, these things are kind of flying on social media all the time. And, you know, George's obviously got the cool graphics to go along with all these official visits and the players themselves good enough to share those out. But at this point in time, I kind of have sort of lost count with who all's coming in. I mean, those first few weekends in June for Georgia are just murderer's row of of, of big names. And for even someone as adept as I am, uh, and I say that kiddingly, but um, it, it's it's even hard for me to keep up with at this point. Yeah, I mean, the dance, car is gonna, dance cards are going to be pretty full. It's going to feel like the, the 27 Yankees batting order with a lot of these weekends. There's really – dueling blockbuster weekends for Georgia. There's one uh, that the aforementioned Jalen Walker will be a part of the third week of June where it also feels like IMG and great defensive uh, targets for the 2022 class where the third weekend of June is going to have, I think, five members of the IMG National Championship, defending National Championship program in town. I would look for that to be a weekend where Jalen Walker would bring a guy like Travis Shaw along with him. Uh, and I did say that correctly that time, Brandon. Jalen Walker and Travis Shaw. That might go. be the weekend that those two guys. Uh, those two guys. <laughs> I'm going to double down and say, like, okay, Jeff, is this truly a Walker well, Shaw weekend? Let, you, let me know about that one. You gave me the hard count a little earlier. You drew me off sides a little earlier on that hard count. Yeah, good metaphor, by the way. But then, like, first week of, weekend of June, and that's what everybody knows about by now. Uh, man, that's going to feel like that trip when we were all much younger people, Brandon, and our parents took us to Blockbuster Video. I guess we could plug a company that's no longer around, right? Sure. But, uh, but like, I mean, you want to talk about all the new releases and the boxes being in, that's the offensive fireworks uh, vertical passing game weekend, Brandon. Is, let's coin it by the proper phrase. Stockton, Delp, Antwi. You should expect to see Branson Robinson there. You should expect to see Don, Don Island Morissette, Addison Nichols, uh, I think Christian Miller's even contemplating taking an official or an unofficial again that weekend. Uh, there's going to be – it's going to feel like Grand Central Stadium and Central Station. And, Brandon, i got to tell you this because this is going to be the how about that moment of this broadcast tonight, or at least today where you're talking to me. There's a guy – got to share this story. There's a family, and he, this is a top 50 prospect. He's a tight end. Uh, 2023 cycle, so he hasn't really visited anywhere. They put out on social media, Brandon, that family is going to visit 26 schools in the month of June. Oh, my God. That's how crazy. 26 schools. And he's going to try and do things like Ohio State and Michigan in the same day, Notre Dame and Michigan State in the same day. There's a West Coast swing. There's a Florida swing catching all those Atlantic Coast. Honestly, that'd be really fun. Now, I don't think that's probably the best way to figure out where you want to go to school. That's a lot of information in a short period of time. But can you imagine just going to visit? I mean, these are all great college towns, you know, good meal in every place. The, the, the unfortunate thing is after you visit 26 college towns like that in one month, he may not be an elite prospect when he's done. He may have gained too much weight because obviously there's a good restaurant or two in every one of those towns. Breaking news, nation's number five turn tight end becomes nation's number three offensive tackle yeah. prospect. He's, he's going to be the next J.J. Pegues or whatever that guy is at Auburn that became a defensive lineman. <laughs> But the thing there is, you know, it's going to happen with a lot of recruits and prospects. Now, I do think, Brandon, that's pretty much information overload with a guy trying to cram in that much detail as much as possible. But it was funny. I was having a conversation this week with Tyler Booker, a guy earlier this week who put Georgia uh, among his final five, the schools that are getting the final five official visits, said some very interesting things about Georgia football and the way it recruits the quarterback position and also – national championship type level ability in classes but Tyler Booker who's got a ton of official visits scheduled in June he's worried about making sure that waistline looks like an athlete because he knows he's just going to eat and eat and eat uh, going on all these official visits one one weekend after another all right let me do one more thing before we let you go and I'll just warn you before we do this this is not news reporting this is just frankly flat out rumor mongering and maybe even me trying to wish something to existence but I did mention on our show yesterday there had been some online chatter that Xavier Worthy, the Michigan wide receiver signee, was looking to get out of his letter of intent. And then, lo and behold, that's exactly what has happened over the course of the last 24 hours. And, you know, I realized that I guess he's got a tie with Steve Sarkeesian and now Sarkeesian's head coach of Texas. And maybe it's as simple as that. 
But Jeff, I did, I guess, notice that uh, Kendall Milton on social media also noticed the Xavier uh, Worthy uh, move here away from Michigan. And the last time we had some Georgia players, you know, talking about a, a, a player on the move was, you know, going back to the Tyke Smith situation uh, a few days ago when Samir White and, you know, uh, I guess it was Lewisine, whoever it was, that was kind of uh, talking about that. And then lo and behold, there was some smoke connecting to that fire. Um, so is there any, any, any interest here at all, any chance that the Xavier Worthy thing becomes a Georgia story and not just a, you know, national college football story? Yeah, I mean, Brendan, I think Xavier had Georgia in his top four, top five when he made that decision to go to Michigan. There's a few things that, that, that kind of just jump out to me here. Number one, I mean, here's what it looks like, Brandon. It's an inefficiency, I guess, of the Michigan program to capitalize on oh, a player yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, this guy was ready to enroll early. He had graduated, Brandon, in December, January, and then he couldn't enroll at Michigan. And then all of a sudden, things keep going on, keep going on. And uh, whether it's looking around or thinking about Alabama or thinking about Texas or whatever, he is now asked to be released from his national letter of intent. Brendan, I can't imagine. You'd get like nine days' worth of shows out of this if this would ever happen on the Georgia football recruiting <laughs> recruiting sphere. Uh, and now Xavier, you know, 10.55 in the 100, top 70 wide receiver, top 10 wide receiver. I mean, he definitely fits the profile of those Arian Smith types that Georgia wants to bring in to have home run hitters outside on the edge to really just really just supercharge the offense with what Georgia wants to be in year two under Munkin, but I'm going to say this. I think the prospects of Georgia bringing in an Xavier Worthy would be a lot more enticing than them trying to find any other uh, portal-wide receiver that might become available or any – because we all, we all know there's going to be some additions happening after spring practice. I think um, Professor Griffith was even talking about that on a lot of our shows and his shows um, going back months now. But Worthy is a guy that would be worthy of the Georgia's receiver room. That is a bad pun, but I had to had to share it anyway because it's accurate. Uh, if that happens, uh, Georgia's, Georgia's wide receiver room would get a lot better. And really, what Georgia could do with Worthy would rival anything that they could do with the class of 2022 at wide receiver as well, except for maybe uh, a similar type athlete in terms of uh, Evan Stewart. Uh, which everyone, it's the name that's very close to everyone's minds right now about Georgia wide receiver recruiting for 2022. And that, I guess that's the other thing, too, is like if, if Worthy were to, you know, go to Texas, maybe that does help, you know, Georgia with that big name from the class of 2022 then, right? Yeah, see, that's why I teed that one up for you, Brandon. I, I try to I try to put the, put the hurdles in your way so I know you can plow through them like Herschel Walker and former Vanderbilt defensive lineman back in the day. But uh, let's say he goes to Texas. That's fine. Uh, Sarkeesian will know what to do with a player like that, but that certainly makes Georgia look like an even an even more attractive option for Evan Stewart, uh, considering that that Texas added another weapon like Xavier Worthy to the arsenal. Uh, I think Georgia and Evan Stewart that will probably be be one of the the major five remaining storylines for Georgia in 2022 recruiting. I know it feels weird because we're still in April and visits aren't happening until June, but. I think Georgia's going to have to really find a jaw-dropping, uh, incredible athlete at the wide receiver position for this class. And I don't know, we've kind of soft-pedaled this a little bit. We tried to go slow in the lane here a little bit, Brandon. But let's say this, the way the 2020 class is forming together, these defensive linemen we keep talking about, you've got a great cornerback, defensive back secondary potential happening here. Uh, certain names fall in line. Georgia might have that five-star quarterback, ability in a gunner. They might have two really lethal running backs, guys out in the edge. I think Brandon, all said and done, this could probably be one of Kirby Smart's top two or three recruiting classes if the right things shake out this year. Yeah, it certainly has the look and feel of that, Jeff. That's uh, really good stuff. Thanks for being here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. Uh, I hope you have an uh, enjoyable time this weekend. Uh, I think I have intel on this, that you're going to be in Athens tomorrow, so hopefully we'll bump into each other there, and I will uh, look forward to seeing you if I get a chance to, and of course back here again on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger, very soon again as well. Hey, Brandon, uh, safe travels to you, safe travels to everybody in Dog Nation, and uh Let's have some fun this weekend in Athens town. Sounds like a plan. Let's take
take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Uh, yeah, so uh, really good stuff, Jeff Sintel. By the way, we're about five minutes away from George Governor Brian Camp on a number of topics here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger here today. I hope I get to see Jeff tomorrow in Athens. Hope we get to see many of you there as well. And by the way, one of the places I certainly plan on being a lot tomorrow is at the UGA Bookstore, both for our Dog Nation postgame show when it's over. But don't forget, the UGA Bookstore's got a lot of stuff going on here this weekend, both tonight and tomorrow, as a lead-up to G-Day when it comes to gigantic autograph signings. We talked about um, uh, Coach Dooley. He's going to be there uh both Friday and Saturday, tonight and tomorrow. It's 4 to 6 p.m. this afternoon, noon to 2 p.m. tomorrow, uh, signing his books and there to greet Georgia fans. Also tonight, this afternoon, uh, Ben Cleveland, Tyson Campbell, Mark Webb. We had Mark on the show a little earlier this week promoting his appearance but from 4 to 6 p.m. this afternoon. Three guys, a big part of the upcoming NFL draft, Ben Cleveland, Tyson Campbell, Mark Webb, all on hand. And then tomorrow, absolutely loaded, autograph lineup leading into G-Day there at the UGA Bookstore from 10 a.m. until noon. It's Azizo Jalari, prohibitive favorite to be a first-round pick. DeAndre Swift, a true, you know, beloved Bulldog and a member of the Detroit Lions. He's back in town. Always fun when the former dogs get back in town. He'll be there. And then, of course, Richard LeCount, uh, a terrific former UGA player, uh, also a beloved figure there as well from noon until 2 p.m. It's the UGA Bookstore. It's right next to Tate Center, right across from the stadium. Phone number is 706-542-3171, 706-542-3171. If you want to learn more or website, ugabookstore.com, ugabookstore.com. We'll be there after the game, so uh, please come by and uh, see us there. Uh, boy, that's going to be a lot of fun. Before we get George Governor Brian Kemp, let me also uh, do some SEC through stuff. Really quickly here, a uh, bunch of spring games, but <laughs> let me also say this. This is a gigantic weekend for UGA baseball. I mean, this is like just such a classic SEC weekend with all the football games going on. Georgia-Kentucky, obviously Diamond Dogs hosting the Wildcats here. But how about these two gigantic series? I'm going to do this for like nine seconds, and then I will get back to football. Tennessee-Vanderbilt this weekend is a big deal. Vandy coming off the series loss to Georgia. Tennessee, really better than they've been. Um, so Tennessee-Vanderbilt in-state rivalry there. <laughs> But the one I can't wait, I mean, I'm so excited about this, with Ole Miss and Mississippi State playing this weekend, you got tickets there uh, in the Magnolia State going for like $500 a game to watch the uh, the Egg Bowl of baseball. Uh, this, is, uh, this is good stuff this weekend with some really good SEC uh, baseball in addition to what's happening, obviously, around the uh, football stuff. And we talked a lot about G-Day. The other spring games, you got seven total, including Georgia. Here are the two that I'm probably most interested in. And you could say Alabama on this. It's a chance to see Bryce Young. I guess I'm somewhat curious on that. I've said before that to me it's not an obvious yes that Alabama easily replaces what Mac Jones, what Devontae Smith, and what Steve Sarkeesian and Najee Harris provided that offense a year ago. Chance to see Bryce Young on Saturday. I don't think John Mechie's playing in this game, and I think he's been missing for most of the spring for Alabama. So not the full firepower of Alabama offensively on display. It'll be curious to see what Alabama has after Bryce Young right now. In other words, is Paul Tyson the uh, – Great is a great grandson of Bear Bryant. You know, is he a, a capable backup in the way that Young would have been for for Mac Jones this past year? But it's really not the Alabama game I'm most interested in. The two games I'm the most interested in this weekend are probably LSU and Auburn. And I'll tell you why for LSU. I think we mentioned this on the show this week. The ongoing quarterback situation at LSU, where where last mile I should say I think did I say last mile Ed Orgeron, the LSU coach Ed Orgeron has been fairly cryptic in his comments about exactly what's going on there between really probably four guys, although some people kind of wonder, is this more of a Max Johnson versus Miles Brennan thing here at the moment? Johnson was the guy who played well at the end of last season, maybe kind of viewed to be the favorite on this for LSU uh, right now, but Brennan at one point in time was kind of thought to be the heir apparent, dealt with some injuries, and you know, seeing all those guys, including Finley and the uh, freshman Garrett Nussmeyer, seeing what all those guys do in front of, you know, watchful eye of media and fans and things like that gives you a little bit of a window on what's going on there with the LSU, you know, quarterback situation. And, you know, is the door open for maybe somebody to say, hey, you know, I don't really feel like I'm getting the love here that I want to and maybe bolting out the door, transfer portal for the LSU quarterback based on how the spring comes to an end. We saw, I think it was, what, uh, two years, three years ago, when uh, Gus Malzahn, after the spring game, did whittle his quarterback competition from four down to two, you know, does Orgeron do anything that honest when it comes to his quarterback situation after Saturday? We'll see about that. By the way, speaking of Auburn, that's the other spring game I'm you know pretty interested in. 
as you head towards Saturday. And it's really not so much what you see during the game, although seeing what Bo Nix does, the quarterback spot, and kind of you know the the, the offense that Mike Bobo is putting around him, that's somewhat interesting. The thing that I'm probably uh, most interested in is when you look at certain spots in the SEC that have new coaches, Shane Beamer at South Carolina, I just don't think there's a lot of excitement about Beamer at South Carolina. I think there's, you know, kind of that wishful thinking of, well, maybe things will be better than we thought they could be. And, you know, Carolina fans are always kind of willing to buy in, but it's not very authentic in Columbia at the moment, I would say. And I think the same thing's true at Tennessee, where, you know, I always say this, patience is a finite resource. Vols fans have given their patience to previous coaches who proved unwarranted. And right now, I just think that Josh Heupel is not dealing with much of a honeymoon there in Knoxville. I can't quite get the feeling for how Auburn fans are relating to Brian Harson as of, yeah, Harson's a better coaching prospect than either Beamer or Heupel are. I don't think that's that's not even up for debate. That's clearly true. But what is the excitement from Auburn fans for Harson as he begins his first year? That, to me, is going to be uh, an interesting thing to watch for as this spring comes to a close there at Auburn. So seven big SEC spring games on Saturday. Obviously, G-Day, the main event in the eyes of our audience, but a lot to digest from the SEC right there. We'll make that your SEC through. And here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger, it's a great pleasure for us to have Georgia Governor Brian Kemp on the show today. We'll talk some Georgia football with him. But, uh, Governor Kemp, first of all, thank you for your time. We really, really appreciate you being with us here today. Hey, thanks, Brandon. Thanks for having me. Go down. No doubt about that. Obviously, a, a lot of excitement about G-Day on Saturday. And I guess, Governor, if you don't mind, let us start this way. Also, some curiosity. It seems like right now we're kind of stuck between two worlds of what sports was like in 2020, in which, you know, limited fans, not a chance for a lot of folks who like being between the hedges to be there, no tailgating. And yet now as we head towards 2021, you start to see some examples of sports starting to look a little bit more like normal again. The Braves are about to have 50% capacity as a, for instance, on this. You know, what is your vision for what fall is going to look like here in the state of Georgia in terms of how many fans we might be able to see in Sanford Stadium? Will we be tailgating again out there again? What do you think the fall looks like around here? Hey, look, I'm seeing a big light at the end of the tunnel, especially into the fall. I mean, I completely believe that we can be back to 100% capacity, tailgating, uh, really back to normal. And, you know, I want to encourage everyone to continue to get vaccinated. That is the best way for us to be able to do that and, you know, not have any kind of post-spring break, you know, early summer outbreaks that would put any of that into, into doubt. So I feel very confident about that. I know one thing that the Bulldog Nation can help me and a lot of our public health and medical people with is just encourage especially that kind of 18 to 35-year-old to get vaccinated. There's still a lot of those folks that I think view themselves as invincible to COVID-19 and it's best for them, in my opinion, to get vaccinated. I'd encourage them to talk to their medical provider and consider doing that. I certainly appreciate Coach Smart making that yeah. leap the other day and setting a great example for, for everyone. I think I saw Dr. Toomey say this. The goal is 80% vaccinated by July 4th. Am I right about that? Well, you know, the, the one thing that's – I mean, that's definitely the goal. Um, you know, I'd love for 100% to get vaccinated. I don't think that will ever be the case. And we are seeing, Brandon, in the South particularly, a lot of vaccine hesitancy. The numbers are getting better, though, so I'm very encouraged by that. I think we just got to continue – educating people and letting them know how safe these vaccines are obviously there's been a pause with johnson and johnson for really a limited situation so um i feel like that will get resolved but we'll let that play out but for sure the Pfizer and moderna still available we're still putting those shots in arms and uh, very effective and also very safe. So a lot of folks know you are a big Georgia football fan, and some folks are maybe kind of aware of what your backstory is. I think it's really interesting for those who are not aware. You actually grew up spending a good bit of time with the legendary former coach and athletic director Vince Dooley. You were obviously good friends with one of his sons, uh, Daniel. What was that like, whether it's you know going fishing trips or you know whatever else y'all were doing, kind of you know being behind the scenes with a guy that many of us kind of only know from television? Well, Coach Dooley treated me like I was, you know, one of the Bulldog family and, you know, the like part of the team a lot of times, even when we were vacationing, he would come in there and wake Daniel and I up at 5 o'clock to go shrimping and, you know, it would make us clean the boat up when we got done. And so he, he was always a strict disciplinarian. But as a kid growing up, you know, it's good to be around people like Vince Dooley and certainly our high school football coach, 
uh, Billy Henderson, who played for Coach Butts. I'm actually going to be speaking at the Wally's Boys breakfast tomorrow. I mean, oh, nice. uh, they have a loyal following. And I, I was uh, kidding Lauren Smith the other day that I think Coach Henderson punished us in practices and other ways like Coach Butts punished them when they were playing. So he got his <laughs> – he took some of that out on Daniel and, and I and a lot of other great people that we played with at Clark Central. And, of course, a couple of years ago, you were also instrumental in getting the field renamed in Coach Dooley's honor there, Dooley Field at Sanford Stadium. That was something that a lot of Georgia fans were really proud of because they wanted to see more, you know, to honor 25 years as a head coach, Thomas an athletic director, national championship. Why was that important for you to also kind of be a part and, you know, kind of maybe in some way spearheading the effort to make sure that Dooley's name was affixed right there inside Sanford Stadium, a place where he had, you know, really gotten so many wins over the years as Georgia coach? Well, look, that was a great day in, in the history of Georgia football, and, and plus the university, too. I mean, Coach Dooley, I think a lot of people don't really realize, you know, how, mu- how much of an impact he had, not only on the football program, but just in athletics in general at the university, on women's sports, and really bringing um, the whole college sports experience and the educational opportunities for a lot of student-athletes to the forefront in the country, and, and really brought a lot of other institutions along with him I and mean, he was a not only a great coach but he was also a great athletic director a great business mind uh, when you look at especially facilities at the university of georgia he was on the forefront of that whole movement that has gotten uga and, and a lot of especially uh the southeastern conference and, and other teams to the forefront of that movement really took college sports to where it is and you look now just you know what's happening in women's sports is incredible and I think Coach Dooley really never got a lot, a lot of credit for that, and I think the field honoring is something that, you know, we owed to him, and he certainly mm-hmm. deserved. And I know a lot of people, including myself, felt like this needed to be done while he was still with us, and to uh, realize that and appreciate and let people show their appreciation. So it was a great day. As Georgia governor, you obviously understand the role that leadership plays and different kind of leader in our state is Kirby Smart, now about to go into his sixth year as Georgia coach. Gita on Saturday, a chance for many UGA fans to see him once again. What's your evaluation of uh, Coach Smart thus far? And I I know you kind of know him a a little bit there as well. What do you think about the job that he's doing at UGA right now? Well, I think he's doing an incredible job, not just with the program from a, you know, a wins and versus losses perspective, but just his leadership on, on those young men. And, you know, he's not only a, a great coach for the football team, he's a big supporter of UGA athletics and women's sports as well. And I think that is very important. And uh, he's got a great family, and we're glad to have him in Athens. But, you know, one thing I was thinking about, Brandon, the other day, I mean, a lot of the coaches, uh, regardless of their records and, and what happened in their tenures and where they went afterwards or not, they all love Athens. They mm-hmm. love the University of Georgia. And I, I certainly was privileged to know all of those coaches from Coach Golf, Coach Donnan, uh, certainly Coach Rick, and, and now Coach Smart, and obviously Coach Dooley. And I think it's a testament to really what the UGA program is and the university just from the land-grant mission and sure. what an impact it's had on not just sports but really our whole state in general to position us where we are from a worldview as the best state in the country to do business and our research and outreach and extension is incredible. I mean, it really affects daily lives every day here in the great state of Georgia. You're obviously very busy as Georgia governor. How challenging do you find it to keep up with what's going on with the football program right now? And I guess with that in mind, what do you think about the upcoming season for these dogs? Well, I'm definitely very busy. I've been more busy than I ever have, especially you know in the middle of a global pandemic sure. and dealing with everything that we have this last year. But uh, I'm a pretty uh, religious, uh, uh, quick observer in the mornings of dog nation, so I try to follow a little bit what's going on. If there's nothing else, at least the headlines, and follow recruiting. And look, we got the players. We got to keep everybody healthy. I think that's one thing that hurt us last year in some of our bigger games is we had a lot of keep people injured so we need the good lord to look after us and keep people healthy this year we got the team and the talent i think to compete with anybody in the country if we do that and i know they're preparing for that now and looking forward to seeing some of that fruit on the field tomorrow at g-day well, Governor Kemp, I know it's a busy time for you. I really appreciate you stopping by to see us here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger here today. Uh, thanks for sharing your thoughts on Georgia football, and we'll certainly look forward to getting a chance to uh, speak to you hopefully again very soon as well. 
Love to do it. It's going to be a great year. I'm looking forward to tailgating and, and college football this fall. Have a great day. Go dogs. Certainly great news to be able to hear that. Uh, the idea is, uh, Governor Kemp says right there, back to normal. Looking forward to a, a fun year for the dogs on the field and for the fans in the stands and the tailgating around that off the field. Really excited about all of that. We certainly appreciate him being here, Governor uh, Brian Kemp from the state of Georgia, to deliver that message for us uh, here today. And, of course, a lot of that for Georgia starts on the field for GA tomorrow. Going to be a ton of fun. In lieu of giving out a golden shoe today, I, I do want to say this, that for everything that happens tomorrow during G-Day, to get the most coverage from Dog Nation, one of the best ways that you can do that is by becoming a Dog Nation YouTube subscriber. That means subscribe and obviously get those notifications sent to you when we go live. Turn that on. But for the Kirby Smart Press Conference, for all of the players that speak after the game tomorrow, for all of that information, get that on the Dog Nation YouTube page tomorrow. Become a subscriber to make sure you get all of that. By the way, also, don't forget, Gator Hater Countdown, 197 days from right now. George goes back to Jacksonville. Get some revenge on those lousy, stinking Gators. Y'all enjoy G-Day. We'll see you back here Monday, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. We'll talk to you then, everybody. And on the podcast, time now for our R.S. Andrews podcast, Cool Down. Great chance to chat with you here for a couple of minutes. We're going to go short today because the show is pretty long all the way around, but I'm happy to have you here for it. And, of course, don't forget to check out R.S. Andrews online, air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric. You can trust R.S. Andrews to do all that for you. They show up on time. They do the work that's promised, the price is promised. One of the reasons why we love recommending R.S. Andrews. Happy to do that for you here today on Twitter. And, of course, you can reach out to me at Dog Nation Daily on Twitter if you want your comments to be a part of our podcast. Cool down there. Travis Fountain writes in to say that there's a local Clemson sports show that said UGA will not be, Clem- uh, not be Clemson. UGA's got no identity and that Kirby Smolt will revert back to three yards in a cloud of dust instead of evolving like other elite programs. That's Travis Fountain writing there on uh, Twitter. And, look, I mean, it's not a surprise to me that a Clemson host is saying that to Clemson fans on a Clemson radio show. That's probably pretty good for business. And I, I guess it's probably, you know, fairly representative of maybe what some people think. It is interesting, though, that inside what I like to call the bubble of dog nation, those media types who cover UGA, those fans who follow closely. And if you're still listening uh, here to a podcast cool down, you're probably a you know pretty plugged in fan all the way around. I don't think you hear a lot of talk from Georgia fans themselves anymore of oh, Kirby smarts, not going to evolve offensively. He's not going to change. He's going to be as the, the tweeter mentioned there, Twitterer, I guess is the right, right phrase there. As the Twitterer said, you know, you know, still three yards in a cloud of dust. I don't see many Georgia fans who assume that's necessarily true. Now, there probably still should be some skepticism of, is the Georgia offense going to be as good as the very best offense in the country have been? That's probably a fair level of skepticism. But this idea that philosophically Kirby Smart's not willing to kind of evolve in that direction, I don't get a sense there's very many people, you know, close to the situation here at UGA that that necessarily feel that way. And it's not just because Kirby Smart said the other day that they want to be a vertical passing team, although that kind of very bold proclamation or better word than bold might be specific proclamation, you know, um, you know, very clear, unmistakable message. That's not one of those things that can be interpreted one way or the other. I'm not saying I feel this way solely because Smart said that, but it certainly adds to what I already kind of feel is, you know, a Georgia team that's kind of moving in that direction a little bit. So I obviously view the Clemson game as a game that Georgia could lose. Georgia probably won't, won't even be a point spread favorite if I were to if I were to guess. Clemson may be a slight favorite in that game. But the idea that Georgia's going to lose it because Kirby Smart won't do what needs to be done offensively, that he won't give Todd Munkin the freedom that he needs to operate, I don't know many people around UGA that necessarily feel that way anymore. Uh, one more on Twitter that I got from uh, Dogs on Tap here who questioned why we would have uh, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp on the show today. Obviously, one of the things you hear me say this a lot is that we keep politics very far outside of what we do here on this show. I I certainly follow politics. Many of you do as well. I have opinions on politics. I'm hopefully humble and wise enough to know that you don't care what my opinions on politics are. Therefore, I, I don't share those with you. We do truly try to stick to sports. However, in this case, it was fairly clear that what we did with Governor Kent was not a political interview and fairly clear that Governor Kent was able to provide some answers in addition to just talking about, you know, being a Georgia fan. It's kind of cool when a statewide elected official like that has been, you know, following Georgia as closely as he has. 
but you know able to provide some pretty clear answers about what a lot of folks are wondering what will college football look like this fall and he was able to obviously answer that very clearly and in future years statewide officials you know u.s senators things like that uh from other parties we'd obviously be very well welcoming to them to join this show there as well won't be the kind of thing that happens frequently with anybody but when there's a big message to get out you know push for vaccination things along those lines when you have a chance to to you know you know provide this platform to make the state better we're going to do that we're not going to second guess ourselves on that really at all as far as the comment section goes at dognation.com going back to yesterday's show the possibility of trap games what athlon sports had said about that what the espn football power index data suggests tommy lee writes in to say possible trap games he asks he says about tennessee south carolina and auburn he says all three going to have new head coaches and georgia and coach martin are going to need to stress to the players not to overlook those games. We had one of our video commenters kind of talk about the idea, too, of a letdown after that Clemson game, making sure that you are good to go for those games that are coming up after that. Uh, Tommy also says that Vanderbilt's going to have a new coach, too, but if you can't beat Vandy, then you might as well give up playing on playing real football, and that's pretty funny stuff from Tommy Lee there as well. Great comment at dognation.com, one of the places you can drop your questions, comments, if you want to be a part of our podcast, Cool Down. Big thanks to R.S. Andrews for making it possible. RS stands for rapid service. You can find them online, rsandrews.com. Air conditioning, plumbing, heating, electric. If you're worried about your AC unit, they can get it tuned back up to factory fresh specs. Get you ready to go for the hot weather that's coming this spring and summer in the state of Georgia. Thanks for being here. Hope you have a great weekend. Hope you enjoyed G-Day on Saturday. And I'll see you back here on Monday for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. I look forward to talking to you then, everybody.